FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome to Faith FM. You are listening to the Breakfast Show, but not with Lyle and Lawson this morning, but with the the LM. L&M. L- L&M. L&M. The Lawson Monica, <laughs> the Lawson Monster, the <laughs> Lamance, the, the, <laughs> there's so many, there's so, I, I, we need to come up with a name for us. Cause we do. We've got like the double L team mm-hmm. with Lyle and myself. With me and Blake, we haven't really come up with a name, and neither with you either. We yeah. need to we need to come up with some different monikers for our show. <laughs> Ooh, oh, right there, yeah, straight off true. the bat. But Monica, what are you grateful for this I'm morning? I'm really grateful that my laptop turned on this morning because I haven't turned it on in about two months. Fair <laughs> and enough. I, I was for like it's 12 years old, and I was like, for sure it's gone. It did it did turn on. It did tell me it was the first of January, 11 a.m. And I'm like, that's not right. That's but, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm very grateful it's functioning. Otherwise, I'd have a hard time doing this show today. Monica, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think you need a new laptop. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't want to go laptop shopping. It seems scary. <laughs> oh, dude, let me let me hook you up. I oh, know, really? I know everything there is to know about laptops. How far are you hooking me up? Is this like a oh, fill no, out the back not, of a truck hookup? I know, but like I'm, I'm not paying for it. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do That's that. That's the kind of hookup I, I need. I can't go that far. I can tell you where to buy things, but I can't, okay, I'm I keen. can't pay for it. I'm keen. Yeah, uh, yeah. But what are you grateful for? I am... Uh, I, I'm trying to be grateful this morning. <laughs> the two teams I was going for in the World Cup got knocked out, and then the third team, my kind of sub-team, is currently losing 4-0. So, Aww. shout out Japan and Australia and South Korea. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, coming into today's news, what we're going to be talking about is, well, in the news cycle of pretty much the headlines in Australia has been the Brian Houston case and talking about sexual assault in churches and covering it up and what efforts were made and what efforts weren't made. We're going to be looking at the details of that. And before we continue, I just want to give a shout out. I have a a list here of all of our stations and we go through and we shout out different places and, you know, giving acknowledgement to all the places where Faith FM are. And I want to give a shout out to the entirety of Outback Australia. Oh, wow. The whole thing. Wow. A shout out to all you guys who are listening on the Vast Network and the Vast Channel 688, as well as, uh, you know, another part. I don't know if it's considered Outback because I've only been to the Northern Territory once. I went to Darwin and I, I guess you, you couldn't call that the Outback, but shout out Tennant Creek in Northern Territory. Ooh. I have no idea what that is, but That's there cool. is Faith FM there, 87.6, and those who are listening, you're awesome. But you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we're going to have our first question for the quiz. All right, listen up. The sun went backwards during the reign of which king? Ooh. Yeah, the sun oh, went a, backwards during the reign of which king? Do you know the answer? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What is our prize for this week, Monica? I think it's this. Is it, this it? It, that's I'm, exactly I'm reaching what it for is. a piece of paper. That's I'm exactly hoping it is the what prize it is. Mm-hmm. because it actually looks really cool. Mm-hmm. So this is a Journal of the Word reference Bible. It's an NKJV uh, edition in the comfort print in a 
imitation leather brown cover. It's absolutely beautiful. It has that gold edging along the side. Mm. It's so beautiful. Have and you it, ever seen videos where they do that? They put the gold edging on the pages? No. You should watch, go on YouTube and look that up. It is fascinating how they do that. Oh. But there, this is a really great Bible. You engage with Scripture on a deeper level with this Bible that contains line margins for reflecting and extensive cross-references to expand your knowledge and love of God's Word. So you can underline Bible verses. You can take notes during um, church service, services. Uh, you can express your thoughts through journaling in this Bible. Um, but yes, yeah, a reliable study aid as well. You can strengthen your knowledge of the Bible. This is a really lovely Bible um, with lots of room mm. on the pages for you to, to write out whatever you need to write out. Absolutely. Mm. So here's that question again, Monica. The sun went backwards during the reign of which king? Amazing. If you heard there as well, it used the word imitation leather. Now, it's not saying that because we're cheap. It's saying that because we're vegan and, and we want to give you a vegan Bible. But we are, we've been giving away some board games here on Faith FM and I always, Have we? yeah, I've always, I've been talking about like all the different places where you can play the board game potentially. And now we can talk about all the potential places you could read this Bible. There's no way you can't read a Bible. Well, if you take it underwater, you need to put no, it in a plastic yeah, that's bag. That's right. That's every, everything you, is achievable. But you could go for a swim with it if it's in a clear mm-hmm. plastic bag mm-hmm. and you could read the Bible potentially at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. It's, it's true. You could yeah. take it there. Mm-hmm. You could take, um, you know, maybe if you're in a submarine. Yeah, for well, sure. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You have to be in a submarine or yep. you'll be crushed. <laughs> um, but hey, Faith FM, positively different news. What is going on in oh, our world, Monica? I want to talk about one of my all-time favorite things. What is it? Christmas! Oh, I love Christmas. I love Christmas so much. <laughs> and uh, uh, look, this this might not be so much <clears throat> a good news, but it is definitely something I am personally campaigning for. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a study done. It's now saying that half of people say that the holiday season should last longer with 74% of people studied saying holiday prepping puts them in a good mood. And it is 100% true because yesterday I had to do a big cleanup of the Christmas storage section at RTM mm. and I just I put my little phone up on, on a cupboard and I put on some Christmas carols and I got to work. Mm. I was happy as Larry. I don't even know who Larry is, but I was happy as him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. And 100% we should do this. Um, so half of people study said there's not enough time in the holiday season to do everything they want to do, according to this poll. But it all puts them in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Um, the survey asked adults how, how do they spend time during the holiday season, and they found that 52% try to fit in as many festive activities as possible. Um, and this is why they wished that the holiday season lasts longer. Um, and some of them even said that, you know, two weeks would suffice, which is 59%, but uh, 40% wouldn't mind if the holidays went on even longer than an extra two weeks. And I completely agree. In fact, I celebrate Christmas twice a year <laughs> because it's just not enough uh, Christmas for me. <laughs> yeah. You do Christmas in July. I absolutely do. And That's I do it so big. Funny. I do it you big. Know, I, do it I, I am not the hugest Christmas guy. I enjoy Christmas. I think when I was younger, I actually kind of disliked Christmas. There was same. A, there was a period of time where I really didn't like Christmas. Yep, same. But now I love Christmas. You mm-hmm. know why? Why? Because I'm a working adult. And <laughs> I feel like all these people saying, oh, yeah, we need more time in the holidays equals to what they're actually saying. Trans- Google Translate right here. Mm-hmm. We would like more time off. Yeah. And I... Totally am sympathetic to that. Uh-huh. I love talking on radio, but yeah, just just in general, uh, more time off is 
is is a good thing. But then at the same time, it's like, do we appreciate Christmas because it is a short amount of time? You know, if it was too long, would it just be, you know, would we would we get over it and, and not be as interested? So, I, I don't think so because for me, uh, Christmas is not about time off work. Christmas is about the lights, the decorations, the jolliness. Mm. The like, have you ever stepped inside a Christmas shop and just that feeling no. of excitement and happiness? Like, I, don't go I, to no. don't don't go to a normal store and go to the Christmas department. I'm saying go to a shop that only sells Christmas stuff, and just the feeling of happiness and excitement that comes from like stepping in there. That's the bit that I love about Christmas. I love the yeah, all the the twinkly lights and all the colorful stuff and all the excitement and the kids like losing their minds. I love that aspect. The 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 bit about relationships, you know, being close to your family and your friends and coming together and celebrating, that's the part that I love about Christmas, which really has nothing to do with work because often you can go to work and see your workmates and get all Christmassy there and, you know, wear your ugly Christmas sweater to the office. <laughs> I have it. never been in a Christmas shop. I have never Dude. wrapped a Christmas present. What? Uh, because I buy Christmas presents, but I don't put them in wrapping. I just give it to the person. I've never awesome. decorated a tree and I've never put up what? Christmas. Now, my family has done all these out. things, do you know, but this survey, I do this, not engage in Christmas Okay, this survey, this survey is saying that those things you just mentioned are some of the, the holiday chores that bring them the most joy. They put on their Christmas carols. They get Here's they what I like to do at sleeves. Christmas. Here's yeah, what I like to do at Christmas. Some of them are saying they have unique Christmas traditions, like putting on Christmas costumes on Christmas morning, hiding a pickle huh. ornament on the tree. I do that one. Uh, putting a candle in a scoop of ice cream, and whoever's candle burns the longest opens the first present. I've never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what does your family do? Uh, eat. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, that's a big one. I love yeah. Eating. Yeah, 72% said their favourite unique tradition involved eating and drinking <laughs> holiday treats. Uh, mm. But, yeah, and like watching holiday Christmas movies, uh, decorating the home and baking for loved ones. So apparently people invest about 30 hours of work into holiday chores, like planning and wrapping presents. Mm. I'm probably going to do a lot more. I'm not going to lie, Lawson. Mm. There's something happening this week for me that's pretty big. What is it? On Thursday morning, I'm going to be getting up at 3.30 in the morning. That's really early. And I'm going to drive to Breadbow. Where's that? Breadbow is, is that a threadbow. No, no, bread? it's breadbow. It's in between Canberra and Jindabyne. It's a tiny blink and you miss it town. And the only thing that puts breadbow on the map. Don't tell me it's a Christmas shop. It is the home of the largest Christmas store in the <laughs> southern hemisphere. It really? Is, it is like it's like this tiny town. There's nothing going on, mm-hmm. and then you drive past this enormous Christmas barn. It's called the Breadbow Christmas Barn, and it's the largest Christmas shop in the southern hemisphere. And I'm going down there for two days, and I'm so excited I could just pop. You go, you're going <laughs> to spend two days in, in the a Christmas sh- shop. In the store. You need two days. It's like a little. It's like a little town inside a shop. It's Are a barn. It's called the Breadboat Christmas Barn. If anyone wants to come, uh, text them. Yeah. <laughs> meet me there Thursday morning. Uh, meet Monica. She's going to yeah. be there. You know what? I might be there. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to be there. But I do have one uh, unique Christmas tradition that I started about five years ago, mm. and that is I like to donate blood um, around the holiday season mm. because blood they need more blood around holiday season because it's mm. just more accidents and stuff happening. More people are out on the roads. Everyone's mm. going Christmas shopping. Stuff is happening. Um, and I decided, you know what, like how better to remind ourselves of the one who came and gave his blood for us Oof. than to give blood for other people. Mm. It's something that doesn't cost you anything. In fact, you get like a free like little nibbly pack. You can have some something to munch and something to drink mm. when you go donate blood. But, yeah, so some, you know, 
I don't want to be like all about consumerism and materialism, but you know what? If you if you sort of get over, because my teenage angsty phase was all about no, I'm not going to be into Christmas. It's all about consumerism. And now <laughs> now I'm like you know whatever. You're a Christmas Protestant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been converted. But yeah, but just do little things that you know remind you of the reason for the season, as they mm. say. So yeah, I would actually love to hear from our listeners. Yes, any Christmas traditions, mm. unique Christmas traditions that you enjoy. Please tell me. I'm such a huge Christmas geek fan. So, yeah, yeah. text in uh, 0491064. I would love to read them all. And let us know what your favourite thing to eat is on Christmas oh, as well, because that's God. the highlight for me. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we have another question for the quiz. Whose son claimed that Ecclesiastes were his words? Hmm. Hmm. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Read that again. Whose son claimed that Ecclesiastes were his words? Ah, uh, interesting. Interesting. It's a funny way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of meant to, I think, confuse. Me. Okay, it is throwing me off, but then at the same time, I think I, I think I know the answer. Yeah. I think, uh-huh. I think I'm, I'm feeling it in my. Do you want me to put it in easier to understand words? No, no, that's okay, okay. that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Whose son? Claimed that Ecclesiastes were his words. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, which is a vegan Bible. (laughs) That's what we're going to call it from now on. I love it. The vegan, the the plant-based Bible that we have here. Yeah, also a journaling study Bible. That's right. Yeah. 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 That you can read anywhere. You can study in anywhere. A good place to read the Bible. We were talking yesterday about planes. Oh, yeah, out of space. Great. Oh, out of space. Yeah. In the upper levels of the atmosphere and traveling internationally. Yeah, jump on that Elon Musk thing and go out. Whatever (laughs) kind of plane or transportation that you're in, provided you're not driving, we would advise you, (laughs) read the Bible there. Yeah. Well, if Mm. you are driving, read it before... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Amen. Well, again, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Now, what we're going to be talking about this morning, like yesterday, this is some pretty heavy stuff. If you have children in the car with you, then potentially you come back in 10 minutes, come back, you know, eight, eight uh, sorry, 7.35 around that time. Um, because, yeah, we're actually going to be talking to a very, uh, talking about a kind of similar topic to what we talked about yesterday, which is essentially, Monica, uh, Lyle outlined and detailed a story where the most notorious pedophile in Australia had his surveillance and monitoring um, measures reduced. So as an incredibly notorious pedophile mm-hmm. who has had a thousand counts for child oh. molestation, it's like terrible story. Um, they decided uh, that they would start to identify as a woman. And because of that identification, they their monitoring uh, was reduced. So this is a... I, I'm looking at your face right now. I'm looking at the shock. We felt the same way yesterday. We yes. were like, wow, that is so insane. And he's also a, a proven re-offender as well. Uh, yeah. So it's this is terrible. And it shows what we saw there was that ideology really trumping just logic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or the law. Or the law, that's right, and and lawmakers. The safety of our children. That's right, lawmakers um, compromising the safety of our children, judges compromising the safety of our children based on ideology. Now, we're going to talk about another uh, story 
that has the details of which have been fully revealed now. Because as you have maybe seen in the news cycle for the last couple of years, essentially, uh, details surrounding Hillsong and the sexual abuse that was happening within Hillsong during the 90s by Frank Houston, who was the pastor, well, the pastor of Hillsong Church internationally, the, the leader of Hillsong Church internationally up until very recently was Brian Houston, his son. His father um, was accused of a number of sexual assault and, and pedophilia crimes, which were ultimately... Uh, we didn't really know the details. We knew that there was allegations and things coming out, but they're currently having a hearing in court where all of the details are coming out and we're able to kind of piece together an entire story of this and see what what, what was it that happened. And essentially what we see is that Frank Houston, the, the perpetrator, um, yeah, molested a young child named oh. Brett Sengstrock for a period of time um, up until this child, you know, was really struggling with that. And, and there was a period of time in which he had gotten away from Frank Houston and, and the abuse had kind of stopped, but then started having his own mental struggles as a result of this. And he of didn't course. know who he could talk to. And so he went to his parents and he's like, I would really like to get counseling. They didn't know why. He's like, I'm really struggling. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll set up some counseling for you. And it ended up being with, the counseling ended up being with Frank Houston. Oh, no. The perpetrator, who then would, again, uh, re-engage into sexual abuse. Now, this would prompt, after this guy, Brett, feeling totally powerless and helpless in this situation, this would prompt him to tell his mum uh, and to tell his the pastor, and essentially from his mum, he received the the message of, "Hey, I don't want to be responsible for putting people of our church in jail," Ugh. and which is terrible, which mm. is just awful. Mm-hmm. But furthermore, um, then eventually Frank Houston confessed. In 1999, he he confessed about this, and uh, as a result, and this is where it was kind of controversial, was that people within the church knew about this sexual assault uh, and about this child molestation and about this, like, child rape. Uh, people in the church knew about it, but instead of going to the authorities, and, and people in the church knew about it, um, specifically Frank Houston's son, Brian Houston, the leader of the church, they knew about the sexual assault, and they decided that the best way to go was instead of formal, uh, uh, instead of going to the secular authorities, they would give a payout to the kid of ten thousand Australian dollars. What? Um, and they wrote up a fake, well, not a fake, but they wrote up a faux kind of contract mm-hmm. on a napkin, and they got oh. the kid to sign it. Uh, and the money was actually never even given, which is pretty wild. But ultimately, now all of this has come to light as a result of this hearing in this court case and, you know, determining whether the church covered it up or not. And uh, interestingly, some details have come out, even more details have come out about what happened at that time. And the really gnarly one that the really, really heavy detail that news sites are reporting about and news, you know, different outlets are reporting about is that allegedly when this victim, Brett, 
had gotten in contact with Brian and they were going to do this this payout, uh, Brian Houston, the leader of the church, had said to Brett, it's actually your fault for tempting my father, oh, my dad, to sin. That's disgusting. Um, now, these all these details and all this story that's being pieced together now, there were small details that people knew, but now that this hearing is happening, they've, they've pieced together this story of, of what's taken place. Now, he never even received the money, and in hopes of receiving the money, he stayed quiet until eventually he didn't stay quiet, and, and this has turned into an ongoing investigation and a hearing and whatnot. But I see... so. What we were talking about yesterday, uh, pedophilia being enabled because mm-hmm. of the ideologies mm-hmm. of lawmakers and whatnot, allowing pedophiles to have reduced sentences and reduced monitoring if they identify as women. Unfortunately, we see the exact same thing happening from the other side. To protect and enable ideologies to go forward, even quote-unquote Christian ones, people are willing to turn a blind eye to possibly the single most heinous crime that someone could ever Mm -hmm. commit, Mm -hmm. which is sexually abusing a child. Mm, Uh, And we talked about this yesterday. This is not only a life sentence uh, for the victim, uh, sorry, for the perpetrator, if they get caught, which Frank Houston died in 2004 and is, you know, he's he's not alive anymore, Uh, but it's a life sentence for the victim as well. And I'm actually happy that this is coming to light as much as this pains me, because as as we read in the Bible, you know, uh, we see that these kinds of disputes bring disruption to the ability of the word of God to go forward. But at the same time, this justice needs to take place. And in fact, if this justice takes place, well, then it will better enable the word of God to go forward because it won't be administered by people uh, or attempted to be administered by people who are literally committing crimes. Um, the most heinous of which now, you know, this this wouldn't be to say the next step is like, oh, you know, to to be a preacher or a minister and administer of the word of God, you need to be perfect. I think the powerful thing is that everyone can find forgiveness and healing. Um, but the story of Hillsong Church that is coming out now simply is that they covered up child sexual assault mm-hmm. for the sake of furthering their brand and their reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they truly cared about the gospel going forward, they would have preceded with yeah, criminal allegations and, and yeah, they would have gone justice. down, they would yeah. have gone down the proper routes, but I, yeah, heavy sm- story this morning, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Let us know what you think about this, but yeah, heavy stuff. And we're seeing that unfortunately the result of this is that our kids are being harmed and that is just devastating. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM. Positively different. That's some pretty heavy news. Mm. But right now we can get into some pretty good questions so you can win a pretty amazing prize. Next quiz is this. Who is a slave to the lender? Oh. Mm. 0491064669 if you reckon you the answer. Who is a slave to the lender? And if you do know the answer, you go into the draw to win our amazing, incredible Bible. What a Christmas gift. To give oh, someone so true. like the word, the word of God. But again, it's a, you know, 
like you can, you can keep you know, it for yourself or gift wrap it and put it under the tree. You know, you have those like regular old donation Bibles, no, paperback. This ain't one of those. And I, no, this is legit. This okay. is proper. This is this is like it's a journaling and study Bible. That's right. Yeah, and it's, it's expensive, and we're giving it to you for free. Yeah. So zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the you number. You could two finish your text. Christmas shopping right here, right now. That yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can honestly give this Bible as like a family gift to a whole family. Yeah, or you yeah. can chuck it in the Secret Santa. Oh, because you know how there's that price would rule limits? the Secret Santa. You know how there's price limits yeah. in Secret Santa, but you got it for free. Yeah, and this would, would blow Secret Santa out of the water. <laughs> is what it would do. But hey, what's that question again? Who is a slave to the lender? And unfortunately, I want to say most of us are slaves. Yeah. 0491 Listening to The Breakfast Show. Right now, we've come to our interview time for today. And on the phone, we have our resident scientist, chemist, doctor extraordinaire, John Ashton. John, are you with us? Yes. Good morning. Good morning, John. Now... We are going to be talking about, as we talk, we talk about amazing things in nature, in science, how incredible they are. And today we're going to be talking about the very thing that people are using to listen to this show. Exactly, yes. I've been um, reading actually uh, just recently about some new research on the human ear. Mm. And um, I was really fascinated with, um, with some of the things, I mean... We see the diagrams in um, textbooks uh, of the human ear and, uh, you know, you look it up on uh, Wikipedia and this sort of thing. But uh, one of the things that um, they've discovered now is that our human ear has a, um, a device, a membrane device that can actually detect individual sound frequencies. So when we listen to sound, sound is a, a mechanical vibration of the air, so the actual air molecules are, are moving, uh, are vibrating, and and sound depends on uh, the different frequency or number of cycles per second, number of vibrations per second. So, you know, very low frequency, bang, 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 you know, that um, sort of thing that's about 60 or probably 90 cycles per second, something like that. Mm. And so we can hear... Uh, typically when we're young, uh, from about uh, 50 cycles per second up to about 20,000 cycles per second. And, mm-hmm. of course, some animals like dogs can hear you know, much higher, maybe up to 40,000 cycles per second. But then as we get older, our uh, hearing range um, uh, declines. And so typically as adult, we might only hear up to about uh, 12,000 cycles per second. Now, I recently had a uh, hearing test done and I think I only can hear up now to about 9,000 cycles per second. So we gradually use lose the ability to hear those frequencies of the, mm. of the different cycles uh, per second. Mm. And look, I'm just going from memory now. And so, and, uh, but I think from, uh, from memory, uh, middle C is about 600 cycles per mm. second, something like that. Cycles per second, are we talking about like hertz there? Yeah, hertz, a psycho hertz. That's a very scientific term, hertz. Ah, this is, this is my (laughs) musician background. This is, this is. Ah, very good. Yes, yes. So, so one hertz is one cycle per second. Mm -hmm. But what they've uh, found that the human ear has this frequency analyzer Mm -hmm. built in uh, that can actually differentiate between 
612 cycles per second and 613 cycles per second or 614 and even up to 12,000 and how it works is and so for example at 11,551 11,552 11,553 it can differentiate between each individual frequency up to 12,000 wow and then when it goes above 12,000 up to 20,000 the frequency detector groups them into three mm-hmm. and so it will detect 12,001 12,002 12,003 cycles per second are all detected together mm-hmm. and then 12,000 and um, you know 4 12,005 12,006 they're all grouped together as one detector and mm. so that's an amazing precision frequency analyzer mm. that is actually built in there. And of course, um, you know, evolutionists have to believe that this amazing system, which and how, what it involves is, is you've got a um, this detector system involves this a tiny little hair mm. that um, is just a, a few billionths of an inch thick. Uh, I think it might be actually 60 billionths of an inch thick, a uh, billionths of a uh, metre thick. And um, it's uh, able, and there's an individual hair for each frequency up to 12,000. And those tiny little hairs then are collected, and as they move and vibrate and pick up the frequency, they then send a unique um, that unique frequency through to the brain for yeah. us to detect. And I thought this is an amazing system um, and it's so fine. The other fascinating thing that I learned about in this article was, and as the evolutionists try to explain the origin of the ear, and I mean, it's quite complex with a lot of, you know, different parts, the ear canals and the, you know, the eardrum and all the different parts. You've got these little bones that are tiny in the near these three tiny little bones, and uh, they're the smallest bones in the human body. And of course, the evolutionary theory is that ear bones in in um, uh, in mammals and so forth evolved from the jaw bones of reptiles, mm. <laughs> mutated and and so forth. But it's quite fascinating because the jaw bones of reptiles grow. Through throughout their life, mm. but one of the fascinating things that I learned was that these tiny little um, ear bones, you know, the anvil and the spirit and so forth, that when we're born, they're a particular size and they never grow from that size. In other words, a uh-huh. baby has its hearing fully developed. Uh-huh. Isn't that amazing? And so all the rest of our bones grow, but those bones in our ear. Don't grow. Oh, okay. So as to not say if they were to grow and change, there would be a distortion of how we understand sound potentially. Yeah, exactly. But because they don't grow, we have the same perception of sound right throughout our lives. Yes. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. And I mean, for, and I I think, you know, and, you know, the other day I was, uh, 
giving a talk and I uh, one of my slides was referenced to the new science syllabus for year 10 and how you know uh, the uh, students now have to be taught the theory of evolution by natural selection all these mutations and natural selection and I thought you know this system is so perfectly designed and balanced how can random mutations have the DNA and you know, and change mutations in the DNA so that the growth processes for bones don't apply to just those little three bones yeah, that apply crazy. to all the other bones in our body, you know. It's, um, there's so much evidence for our creator design, you know, and just the shape of our ear canal so that it can, can funnel um, and, and sort of a sound just for the right frequencies that, that we hear. And um, there was another fascinating article uh, too that I was reading that that sounds like running water and these sort of things uh, and bubbling brooks, these these sort of sounds and, and, and the sounds that we hear from um, the, the waves crashing and this sort of thing is related to little air bubbles that are actually trapped in the water mm. and so forth. Um, and these sounds um, are just right in our optimal hearing range, the frequencies of these sounds. In other words, what I'm saying is a lot of the frequencies in nature that we consider present are actually fine. Our tuning is fine-tuned to hear and enjoy those frequencies like human speech and singing and, mm. and this sort of thing. Our hearing system is just fine-tuned for that. Mm. So, um, you know, to me, um, you know, and we, we take out the, you know, the ears, it's, you know, just something uh, here. But when we try to explain through, you know, evolutionists try to explain these things, they, there's, there's massive problems mm. to explain and all these different parts of the body. And this is just one little part of our, our body. But when you think about it, the rate at which our toenails grow, you know, the rate at which our, our tongue grows and the side and everything is just balanced. And um I, I think like the, the point that we're making about the ear bones growing as well is that there is such a practical purpose for those ear bones not growing and so that, you know, everyone has the same perception of sound and, and what it sounds like. I think like man, if, if there if there wasn't that you know, if the ear bones did grow and as a result we perceive sound differently, whether it was like an increase or de- decrease of timbre or pitch or whatever, like <laughs> music and speech and all those things, it would be like, oh, you need like a, a set of, of music or speaking for different people at different age groups or, or whatever it may be. Whereas what we see actually, and it relates back to the Bible, we see that, you know, how was it that God created the world? He spoke it into existence. You know, he, he spoke and the world was created and sound being so related to God, the way that God creates, he's like, oh, well, I will give you the ability right throughout your life through making this intricate, perfect ear structure that doesn't grow and stays the same for you to perceive sound the same way throughout your entire, you know, existence, uh, no matter how much you grow or drink or whatever it may be. Uh, so that, yeah, that is a shared experience you can have as human beings. Yes, yes. But all, and the other thing, as I said, that fascinates me is this frequency analyzer because, mm. uh, I can remember in, in physics classes, you know, we had frequency analyzers and they were quite large machines. They were about the size of a microwave oven back mm. when I was doing physics. 
<laughs> and the thing, we've got this amazing little frequency analyzer built right there in our ear, connected to our brain. Our brain is wired for all these different, you know, they're sort of um, what's 10 divided by uh, three or about three. So you've got about three, um, about 15,000 um, detector systems uh, that are, that are well, 15,000 different frequency ranges that can be detected that are all programmed in there individually. It's, um, you know, these structures and the designs taken scientists so long to design. Of course, the um, in, uh, invention of the cochlear implant here in Australia, an amazing invention that has given people that uh, have lost hearing and so forth the ability to hear. But the length of time that it took, you know, engineers and scientists to design that, and yet the theory of evolution is what we're you know, teaching the kids in school that all this uh, resulted from blind, random mutations to you know, of, of arrangements of chemical molecules in DNA. And I think you know, the, the thing that uh, frustrates me is that we have all this evidence around us and yet the evidence for our creator God is not being taught to yeah. our young people in schools. And, and so many young people are growing up without this knowledge that there is overwhelming evidence for the Creator God. And then when we consider the Bible and the and the Bible prophecies and this sort of thing, you know, we're about to celebrate Christmas and the amazing prophecies that mm. pointed to Jesus coming at that time, which, again, we have the evidence that there is an amazing God. And then through the Bible, we have the evidence that the Bible is an accurate um, account of this God's interaction with mankind. And, uh, you know, the young people uh, are not being taught this in our education system, you know, these days. Mm. And, um, yeah, so uh, I guess at this time, at, at Christmas, it's a, a time coming up to Christmas. It's, it's certainly an opportunity to, um, you know, to spread the word a, a little bit better. We went to... Um, with some friends for the University of Monson University visits uh, at the moment down here in Melbourne. And uh, last night I went with some friends uh, from the uni uh, to the Road to Bethlehem program mm. uh, that they're running at Lilydale. And um, it was very, very crowded. But uh, again, it, it opened the opportunity for the conversation about um, these, uh, these things and the impossibility of, uh, of evolution. Mm. So... Um, yeah, anyway, that's what I was saying. The other, the other thing about our hearing is too, we often hear from people that the loss of hearing is one of the most socially isolating things that can happen. Mm. So we can lose our, our sight and so forth, and that's a, a terrible thing. But uh, I've heard anecdotally that to lose your hearing, um, you sort of lose this ability to engage in conversation, to be involved socially, and it, um, yeah, it's, it's quite... Um, you know, not a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> so think... hearing is very precious to look after. <laughs> Absolutely, we've we've been designed and created to interact in that way, and praise God for hearing that we can do so. But John, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.